Okay. Well, um, before we start our meeting, I had a few comments. Um, I did. So before we formally start, we ready? Microphones? Okay, I'm on. So before we formally start, I just wanted to uh, take a moment to acknowledge uh, two of our trustees, um, honored colleagues, friends, that uh, this is their last meeting. Is and it really? I thought we had one more. That, that, and um, just from as a... I'm all depressed. We haven't had the chance to work that, that long together, but in the brief time that uh, we've been able to work together, I've been really impressed by your commitment to not just the institution, but to your service areas and to education in general. So um, really as... You know, president, superintendent, as a colleague, as a friend, want to extend my heartfelt thanks on behalf of the college and the community for your service. Thank you. Um, a small token of our appreciation uh, with more to come would just be a couple of things. We'll start with flowers. Uh, and uh, you're welcome. And it wouldn't be Napa if we could, uh, have some wine here. Yes. A couple of bottles of uh, yeah, that's criminal. Thank you. Oh, yeah. And we have we have something uh, something special with Penny Green as well uh, in the month of January because of the long years of service, uh, not just on this board, but of course. This is a small token. Thank you. Uh, let's get a picture. Thank you. Yeah, that'd be a good idea. Hopefully my wife isn't watching, so I give these to her. <laughs> we won't tell. I don't think she's watching. <laughs> For you, darling. Where do you want us? I have to get all the storms. We might just stand over there like, get out of it. Eddie? Thank you. No. <laughs> I 
Thank you, thank you, thank nice you. Nice and solemn. <laughs> no, it's all good. I mean, I can't get yeah. online. What the heck? Well, with that, we'll call the meeting to order at uh, 4.39 p.m. Uh, we welcome members of the public. Uh, instructions on making public comment are posted on uh, item one of the agenda. And we'll ask at each item if uh, there was any public comment at that time. Catherine, will you please do roll call? Uh, yes. Um, student trustee Jorge Alejandro Martinez is not here. Excuse with class. Yeah. Uh, Rafael Rios. Is running late. I just got a text message, but he is on his way. And, and so is Trustee DeLuna. Okay, thank you. Then uh, Trustee Baldini. Sure. <laughs> Trustee Goff. Here. Trustee Baker. Here. Trustee Iverson. Here. And Trustee Dodd. Here. Thank you. Trustee Goff, would you lead us in the Pledge of Allegiance? I never ask anybody to do it. No, no, well, no, actually, I, you guys both no, need to do no, it together. We'll move on to adopting the agenda, item 2.3. Are there any changes? Going once, going twice, seeing none, we will adopt the agenda as presented by consensus and move on to public comment on closed session items where the board will devote up to 15 minutes to hear comments regarding such items. Catherine, do we have any public comment? No, we do not. Okay. At this time, the board will move into closed session covering items 4.1, conference with labor negotiators, 4.2, public employment matter, 4.3, public employment matter, 4.4, public employee performance evaluation, and we shall return approximately at 5.30 p.m. Session at approximately... 5.39 p.m. Uh, we have one item to announce. Uh, the Board of Trustees approved the following appointment to a temporary at-will educational administrative assignment, which is uh, Melissa Datu as Director of Student Health Services from December 6, 2022 through June 30, 2023. This is a 75% of full-time assignment limited to 11 months per fiscal year. The director's salary will be based on admin confidential uh, salary schedule range 17, step C, and will be prorated based on FTE and 11-month status. We will now move on to public comment. Public comment is an opportunity governed by the Brown Act that allows the board to hear concerns, perspectives, and differing vantage points. The board is not able under the Brown Act to engage in any level of conversation or discussion, but we look forward to this opportunity to gather community input. Uh, we will devote up to 15 minutes to take public comment um, regarding any subject matter not appearing as an agenda item, um, but which the board has jurisdiction. Each comment will be limited to three minutes. And I see our first public comment uh, a trustee uh, emeritus, Bruce Ketron. Yes, thank you, about President Dodd. And I noticed the well-deserved flowers 
in front of Trustee Goff in recognition of her service here. I want you to know how much how honored it's been to meet you, and I feel so so uh, respectful and high regard for your service. And with that said, I would also like to acknowledge my dear colleague, uh, Michael Baldini, who is completing uh, 20 years of service. When Michael and I were on the, we ran for election together in 2002 when the, the, the bond issue was on the ballot. And at the time we joined the board, um, uh, her name just went out of my bread. Margaret Lee was, had been on the board for 22 years. So the institutional memory that we have goes back to 1980. And it's with that regard that so many things have happened, it's hard to focus in. But I do want to, to point out that it is hard sometimes to recognize someone who has made such a huge contribution, many of the things of what didn't happen. Michael was board president when we had a, a difficult time with a a board president who was with us a very short period of time. She had been with us for uh, about, a, less than about a year when things turned very adverse. And Michael uh, became the board president in January. And very soon after, there had been a report that had come out from the board, a Saturday meeting, and people very vocal. And Michael was in that sensitive position of guiding that transition. And as she went to Michael, and Michael helped her realize certain things, but uh, first that became public knowledge was when it was announced that she was interviewing for positions as college president elsewhere. And then there was an announcement that she had been hired in Virginia as a college president, but nothing was told to the board about her leaving. Michael guided us with a steady hand, a wonderful heart, and intelligence so that nothing was done wrong. And finally, on something like, I believe it was May 29th or 30th, she actually gave Michael the letter of resignation that she was going to leave July 15th. The next day, we brought in Armin Phillips as our interim president, and we avoided all problems. And I come tonight with a heavy heart because Armin Phillips, who is a neighbor of mine, uh, his wife, who has been very ill, she was ill at the time. Armin may have become our college president at that time when she left uh, when the former president left, but his wife was ill then. She succumbed to, to and passed on Saturday. I have brought with me a blank condolence card, which you may wish to use, and people signing in acknowledgement that Armin Phillips bailed out this college once when Chris McCarthy died suddenly, probably from pulmonary emboli, which is the most common reason people fall over without any prior known condition. And he came in and brought stability to this college then, ended the, the terror of the peacocks and was able to, to bring people together in a wonderful way. Armin's heart, he was a, a vice president for instruction over in the, at the Solano College, but Armin is now grieving. I would like to leave perhaps this card, maybe we'll do another one. And if the board perhaps might consider, and, and someone might remind at the end of the meeting to, to, to end the meeting, in memory of Winnie Phillips, with notice of that to Armin that might be included with the card. But I ask you to, to recognize Armin Phillips' grief at this time 
And with thank, I'm, Michael, I don't mean to take away from this, but there's another time I think they're going to honor you. I hope you join me as trustee emeritus. And, to, and, and I understand you might even join me on the, on the foundation board because there's so many things to do. I had the honor of seeing our president this morning at Rotary. So I'm starting the day and ending the day with this. And I'm, I'm looking forward to, to so many good things because those of us who love the college so much, who know the opportunities, and Michael does, Michael's heart has been here. And so many things have happened that have not gone bad because of Michael's tremendous skills, his executive abilities, and his absolutely wonderful demeanor. And so, Beth, you're honored as well. Thank you. And thank you, Michael. Thank you, Trustee Ketron. Do we have any other public comment? Uh, no, we do not. Okay. We will move to an action item, item 7.1, uh, Water Transmission Main Relocation Project Improvement Agreement. Uh, this is a public hearing, so I will open the public hearing and I will have uh, Dr. Powell. <laughs> Thank you, Trustee Dodd. In 1951, or any of us were here, maybe Michael was here. <laughs> In 1951, the, uh, the college granted to the county of Napa an easement for a water line across the front of, um, of the highway here. Uh, as part of the, the, uh, the residential program, we need to improve a stretch of that, of that uh, water line and tap into it for the housing project and, and therefore requires uh, an easement, uh, an expand, a slight expansion of an existing easement uh, for that water line. It uh, it remains. Uh, it is a minor change to the easement, but the legal description will uh, necessarily change. The uh, cost associated with uh, both the water line and uh, the cost of the easement will be um, will be borne by the uh, housing project. Thank you, Mr. Reeves. Um, is this a public hearing? We are obligated to take a public comment on this item, uh, especially. Uh, Catherine, do we have any public comment? Uh, no, we do not. Okay, then we will close public comment and I will move. Uh, so move any on. questions for the board? And none? Uh, I'll put my motion. Thank you, Trustee Valdini, for your motion. And thank you, Trustee Iverson, for your second. Uh, any discussion? Seeing none. Uh, do we have to take a roll call a vote on this, Catherine? Do you know? No, I think so. All, right. all, all in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? The board uh, adopts the relocation agreement unanimously. We will move to action item 8.1, approval of the consent calendar. Are there any changes to consent? Seeing none, I would welcome a motion to approve the consent. Move approval. Thank you, Trustee Rios. Second. Thank you, Trustee Baker, for your second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? We'll adopt uh, consent unanimously as well. And moving to uh, general information uh, discussion items, uh, information item 9.1 uh, regarding Native American Heritage Month. I uh, just want to be clear that the Board of Trustees affirms and recognizes November as a Native American Heritage Month. 
Uh, last year, the board adopted a resolution encouraging the recognition and celebration of Native American Heritage Month and encouraging all students, staff, faculty, and members of the public to honor the sacrifices and contributions that have been made to our community and to the value and to value the roles and transformative contributions of Native Americans to our economy, uh, culture, and identity. Catherine, do we have any public comment on, on this item? No, we do not. Okay. Then we will um, move to uh, item 9.2, a core indicators report. Dr. Warren. Good evening, board members. Uh, I'm here to present the 2021-2022 uh, core indicators report to you. The core indicators report is one of the ways that we regularly monitor our institutional performance. And in the case of the core indicators report, we compare our performance against the institution set standards we established as required uh, for accreditation. Um, so this report is also directly associated with one of the accreditation standards pertaining to the governing board, and that is accreditation standard 4C8, which states, to ensure the institution is accomplishing its goals for student success, the governing board regularly reviews key indicators of student learning and achievement and institutional plans for improving academic quality. The purpose of the institution set standards is to define academic quality for Napa Valley College locally um, by identifying uh, base level performance or the floor, if you will. Uh, and if we ever dip below that level, it should trigger an institutional response. As outlined in the core indicators report, we have defined institution set standards for five metrics. And those metrics are the successful course completion rate, fall to fall persistence rate, the number of degree recipients, the number of certificate recipients, and transfers to UC and CSU institutions. A unique aspect of the core indicators report is that it is one page. It reports our actual performance levels from 2021-2022 alongside the institution set standards. Uh, last year, MBC exceeded the institution set standards for successful course completion, along with the number of degree and certificate recipients. Uh, that is conveyed via the check marks at the bottom of the two relevant columns uh, for successful course completion and program completion. When MVC revisited the institution set standards and established stretch goals in 2019, we identified the trigger for additional planning to close any gaps in performance relative to the standards. And at that time, the Board of Trustees approved 95% of each institution set standard as that threshold for each metric. The 2021-2022 persistence rate is very close to the established standard. Um, the actual performance last year um, doesn't differ from the standard in a substantively significant way, as 49.9% rounds up to the 50% um, standard, and 49.9% uh, exceeds 95% of the established standard, um, which in this case would be 47.5%. Uh, uh, for transfers, MVC dipped below the 95% of the established standard last year. And this is the first time we've dipped below 95% of any of our institution set standards. The established standard for transfer is 300 and 285 represents 95% of that standard. 
uh, per the ACCJC, uh, what they call substandard performance, should trigger an institutional planning process to close the achievement gap. And uh, in 2020, 2021, so the year before last, we claimed 290 transfers to UCs and CSUs. And the 21-22 figure continues the trend of decrease, which is likely associated with fewer transfers among students who prefer an in-person or a guaranteed in-person experience at a four-year transfer institution. Um, so this report has been presented to the Planning and Budget Committee and has anticipated that our recent transfer performance will factor into the institutional planning processes we have scheduled for this year, including the development of a new institutional strategic plan. Uh, in closing, I want to highlight a couple of what I would call bright lights and some of the drill down details included in this report. Um, so first is the persistence rate of 70% among first-time students. So you can see that in the um, kind of second smaller table within the second column. Thank you, Catherine, where the cursor is. Um, so the persistence rate of 70% among first-time students, um, and this uh, a persistence rate of 70% was achieved in the past in 2019, 2020, as well as last year. Um, and the other three most recent years, persistence among first-time students ranged from 58 to 67%, so 70% is an all-time high. Um, possible contributing factors to this indicator uh, might include the college promise and the growth of our dual enrollment programs. And for comparison, the persistence rate among continuing students, which is also in that part of the document, um, the, the uh, persistence rate among continuing students has ranged between 50 and 54% over the past six years. Uh, the second bright light is the average time to completion, and that is in the bottom part, um, so uh, underneath the green columns uh, for uh, degree in the third column, the degree and certificate recipients. So the average time to completion was incorporated into the core indicators report uh, three years ago. And since that time, the average time to degree and the average time to certificate have decreased steadily. So from more than five years to then a range of four to five years. And now this is the first time that both of those are below four years. So again, those are the two bright lights that I would highlight for you. Um, as I mentioned, the uh, core ind indicators report has been shared with the planning and budget committee. And next week I will distribute it among the campus community via email and I will post it on the Ripley website. And I'm happy to answer any questions. Sorry. I was just, what's the state average on the completion for degrees? Um, you know, I don't have the state average um, at hand right now, but but every, as required by the ACCJC, every campus sets their own institution set standards based that are appropriate for their um, student population and their size. Rios. Yes, thank you. On the um, transfers, I mean, we set the 300 as our standard, right? But as uh, enrollments have dropped, do we go back and look at that and revise it? Well, it's been just a couple of years since we revisited the standard, so I would um, encourage giving it a little more time. I do think that the, um, the pandemic has certainly um, impacted our numbers, and that's also, um, I read an article, I think, last week about um, how transfers to UCs and CSUs, that those students, there are fewer of, fewer of them, and they are taking longer than um, two additional years at the transfer institution to complete their degree requirements. So I think that this is part of a, 
likely part of a national trend. Uh, again, folks waiting for the um, in-person experience. Uh -huh. So, um, yeah, but but we did. So when we set the institution set standard for transfer, we did focus on the number of transfers, not as a um, proportion of our student population. That's something that um, we did consider at the time, but went with the um, straight number of transfers. Thank you. Trustee Baker. Yeah, I, I had two questions, but Raphael's still yeah, one of them. Saying, so um, my other question is, I math is not my strong suit, but on the fall to fall persistence, when you've got it broken down first time versus continuing, both of those numbers are above 50. So is there another category that's pulling that down, the, the, the total number down below yeah. 50? Yeah, so there are, I think, three other categories. So there's first-time transfer students. There are also returning students. There are also our dual enrollment, special admit students. And, and a, yeah, so we've just always included the drill down here, but I could, I could expand it in the future. <laughs> I just, you know, math again, not my thing, but... Yes, but, but it sounds like it might be. <laughs> it sounds like it might be your thing. <laughs> More than you realize. <laughs> I had one last curiosity on what the, if there's any numbers or data out there with student housing and what that does to some of these numbers. Um, so, yes, there are. Uh, our data on that um, available, but um, I don't have a, a hand right now. I think per particularly in terms of um, retention and persistence. So the retention is, um, you know, retaining students during the course of an academic term so that, that they don't withdraw. Um, uh, and so that's certainly when you, you know, are on campus and have access to the uh, resources and um, can spend, maximize your time studying rather than, um, you know, uh, commuting as an example uh, and then certainly the uh, then persistence is the um, term to term persistence and, and continuing to pursue your educational and job training goals I, I, two questions um thank you dr Ornell. um in terms of uh fall to fall persistence are we in terms of those overall numbers are we removing uh, students that you know effectively met their goals, you know, they transferred to a four-year institution, they removed certificates, so they're not included. In so, so they're, it would so, be counted against us, I guess. So so that that's part of the um, non-successes, right, is that they might be, if they transferred, they might be continuing their educational pursuits elsewhere, but if they're not here, then they don't count in persistence. It just is what it is, okay. So, but we don't remove them. Okay. And what do you, in future years, I, I, I always love seeing these to maybe look, and you do have some in some of the footnote boxes, but to actually look at, a year to year, yeah, comparison. You know, I don't know, like a one, at least a one year look back. I mean, two year look back would be. Yeah. Trusty Baker's asking for five years, but you know, beggars can't be choosers. Yeah. 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 Uh, um, yeah, so a couple things on that. So one, all of the um, past reports are posted on the RIPI site, and this exact um, request came up last year. And so we did um, incorporate that into a subsequent board report. Um, so that should be somewhere in board docs. So, I see that. And I can work with Dr. Powell to get you um, the trends. Cool. That's the wish of the board. Thank you. Any other questions? Thank you so much, Dr. Warnell. Oh. The uh, item 10.1, consideration to enter into an employment agreement. 
uh, prior to considering this matter as required by government code section 54953 subsection C3, I will summarize the recommendation regarding the salary and fringe benefits under the pro proposed contract for educational administrator. Uh, the district is extending the end date of the employment agreement with Robert Harris as acting as su assistant superintendent, vice president of academic affairs from December 8, 2022 to March 31, 2023, or until that position is filled on a regular basis, whichever occurs first. Beginning July 1, 2022 through end of temporary assignment, the acting ASVP will receive a monthly salary at range three, step C on the vice president salary schedule, <clears throat> which is $12,967. Additionally, Robert Harris will receive a 10% stipend for retaining his senior dean health and safety duties, which is $1,191 per month. Salary and stipend will be prorated for any partial month of service. The acting ASVP shall be entitled to receive the same fridge benefits as the admin confidential employee group. Catherine, do we have any public comment? Uh, no, we do not. Okay. Well, then I would welcome a motion. So move. Baldini. Thank you, Trustee Baldini. And a second for Trustee Iverson. All in favor? Aye. 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 Any opposed? Unanimous. Unanimous. <laughs> Thank you, Bob. Um, and action item 10.2. Uh, it is a supplemental employee retirement program assessment. Good afternoon, um, Board of Trustees and Napa Valley College community. Tonight, we've invited Deborah Despain, who is the Vice President of Employee Benefits, um, to go over our recommendation to, um, to you all to approve the assessment and application phase for another supplemental employee retirement program, also known as CERP. And so with that, I'll pass the floor to Mrs. Despain. Thank you so much. Um, is it okay if I share my screen or this works too? Okay, perfect. Okay, um, thank you for having me and allowing me to present um, this evening in regards to the uh, CERP program that we've been looking at. If we could go to the next page. Um, so what a CERP is, Supplemental Employee Retirement Plan, what a CERP will do is uh, technically it addresses any declining enrollment, it assists in proactive staff planning. It also enhances retiree benefits. And certainly the one of the more important things is it helps compensate long-term employees. Um, next page, please. And Deborah, if it's helpful to you, just recall that the uh, board and the, call, the district went through the SERP uh, process too. So I appreciate all the um, good background stuff, but any areas where you might feel like it'd be okay to summarize where I think the board would be okay with that. Okay, yeah, that works. Um, and is and can I go ahead and do the page up at the top? Is that where we can do that? Okay. So um, purpose. So we already know the purpose. Let's go to the next page, please. Um, again, win-win for both the uh, college and for the employees to be able to offer this for those who are looking to retire. Um, if you go to the next page, going to run through this quickly. Again, benefits for the retirees. So just as a reminder, it helps them start retirement early. It is a financial bridge into retirement. They get several different payout options. We're going to look at those shortly. They can take those op options and roll them into a retirement account. And they can also um, use some of that towards existing investments to help their investments grow. Next page. Uh, 
keep going. Next page. So when we looked at the demographics, what we looked at is employees that had to be at least 50 years of age with five years of service. And looking at the demographics for faculty, we had 33 employees with average age of 58.5 and average service years of 16. Administration, there were 14 employees eligible with an average age of 57.6 and average service of 18.9 years and classified 52 employees, average age of 58 and a half and average years of service 17.1. Next page. This is, um, I'm not going to really spend too much time on, there's two more pages, so I'm just going to talk about this one. This is what we call a review, reverse cumulative total. So if you look down at the bottom, you see age of employees starts at, at age 50 and how many employees under each age each of each one of those brackets. The very next line, that reverse cumulative total, where you see 33, that is where we get our numbers when we run this particular report to determine how many are actually eligible based upon the demographics. So for example, this one is faculty, there's three at 50, there's four at 56, and then if you go on, there's one at 68. So this is how we get those numbers to see how many are actually eligible. Go to the next page. <coughs> Thank you. Administration, again, same, starting at 50, 14 are eligible, one at 50, and going on up. And then the next page is the um, classified. Also starting at 50, there's five at age 50, and then going up uh, with the oldest, it looks like it's about 75 plus years, and there's 52. Next page. Keep going. Um, so this is just a, an example of how it works. When we look at, when we're looking at those that are eligible, we always look at if, if you need to replace all the positions or if you can um, have some positions not replaced. So if you replace positions and you were looking at a retiree average salary as compared to a new hire, the statutory and healthcare, any incentives, this is a 65% incentive that we're looking at, there would be about a savings of 34889 However, if you took that same position but did not replace it, so this person retires under the SERP, you did not replace that position, this position gives you an average savings of 94383 This is just an example of how we look at that. Next page. Thank you. So this is the benefit options that employees get to look at. So what we've listed here is faculty average salary, average salary, 105,615 for faculty. Administration is 113,473, classified at 70,377. Looking at a 65% benefit. Um, there's, there are nine options here. You've got a life only joint plus 50% survivor. This amount assumes that the survivor is about the same age as the retiree. So if any retiree um, decided to put a survivor like a grandchild or something like that on, then they would take into consideration the age of the survivor and this number could change. The majority of folks will look at options four through eight. Um, these options are um, uh, set, so they get this amount, this, this payout every month for five, six, seven, eight years, et cetera. You can see that there's the asterisk there. What that means is that this is absolutely um, eligible to roll over into a full annuity. They can take it any way they want to. They can take a portion of it in cash and some roll over, and they can make changes to that decision twice per year. So most 
choose the five year because they get the most amount of money in the shortest amount of time. For faculty, that would be an average of 1135 per month, administration 1219 and class five at $756.31. Next page. So scenario results, when we're looking at this, um, we made some assumptions, again, at a payout of 65% of salary. Faculty, we estimated there would be eight. Um, if all replaced, there would be about 691,000. This is keen insert net savings. What that means is this: this would not include any retirees that were going to retire anyway without the plan. So if they were already going to retire, we don't put that into the savings as part of the SERP because that was there already. Administration, we assume three. If you replace all, you would have a deficit in that of 150,511. And then classified, we assume 11. All replaced, again, a deficit of 364,000. Total would be 22 estimated participants. Of course, all replaced and you would be looking at a net savings of about 175,665. Next page. So this is what it would look like if you um, did not replace some of these. So faculty, again, looking at those estimated eight, if you did not replace four, you would be looking at a net, saving, net savings of about um, 1,980,000. Administration, if you did not replace two of those positions, Net savings 713, class five, not replacing five, about a million eighty-seven thousand, and then total same twenty-two, but not replacing eleven of those positions, three million seven hundred eighty-one thousand six forty-three. Next page. Thank you. Next page. So, upon um, upon approval of of um, moving forward with this CERT plan. What we look at for communications is first we look at a board resolution. The board resolution will specify the benefit offered to each group. It will outline the participation provisions um, in regards to what your estimated savings, how it's going to be presented, et cetera. And it will include the ability to revoke the offer if the participation is not met. So what that means is, is you offer out the plan with the understanding that, the, that you have to meet certain goals, certain financial goals. If those goals or that participation is not met, you have the ability to revoke the plan and not offer the plan going forward. We also put together a general announcement. Um, mostly if this is the announcement letter, it's a district-wide email. It always helps if there's a, a superintendent's message to go with it. But the announcement letter is ready to go upon your approval today. It gives them information in regards to what the plan is, the requirements of the plan and so forth. Next page, please. Thank you. We also do group sessions. So in this announcement letter that we would send out upon approval, there is information on um, group sessions. We will be holding group sessions in person and via Zoom. We will also be doing um, recording both of these sessions. There's two dates on there for group sessions. Um, what this does is we meet with all everybody who attends the meeting. Uh, we give them some edu education on what the offer is, what they need to do, next steps. We talk to them about what their payouts are. Um, just, you know, answer any questions that they have. And then go to the next page, please. Thank you so much. We also have CalSTRS and CalPERS available. They do a presentation so that if anybody is looking to actually fully retire from the state, 
then they can um, hear what they have to report on CalSTRS and CalPERS, maybe ask any questions, et cetera. I'm, I want to just say here that retirees do not have to retire from the state. That is not a condition of this program, but they do have to resign and retire from the college. Next page, please. So after we do the group meetings, we also set up um, a, a, a few different dates where each eligible participant can have a one-on-one -on -one question and answer session with our CERP counselors. Our CERP counselors are retired school personnel, so they know the CalSTRS and the CalPERS very well. Um, that, that with these, these are typically uh, on Zoom or by telephone. It's about 30 minutes. The employees can bring whoever they want to that meeting. It could be a spouse, it could be their children, it could be a financial advisor, but this is where they would talk about the SERP, um, how it would impact them, any particular questions that they might have, um, and then just actually talking to retired school personnel really helps as well. And this gives them that one-on-one -on -one where they may not want to ask questions in the group session, but they get the opportunity to talk individually with the council. Next page. So we also provide a website for um, HR to be able to track online what's going on, what we're doing in regards to appointments. Um, it gives them uh, the ability to confirm and send out reminder emails. There's a dashboard where they can track the participation. Um, next page, please. So one more time. We work very closely with HR to make sure that all of their questions are answered if they get any questions from employees that we need to assist with, then we can do that. This gives them the ability to monitor what you're, you know, looking at in regards to replacing or any hiring actions. They understand what the assumptions are and then they communicate any hiring restrictions and we assist with that where we need to. Next page. Um, just quick, Keenan. We're the plan design consultant. We work on this plan through Mutual of Omaha. Once the plan is set and the contracts are signed, all payments come out to the annuities and to the retirees through Mutual of Omaha. Um, everything works for them and where we just are the ones who assist with um, putting the plan together with Mutual of Omaha and with the college. And next page, next page, question. I went through that really quick. <laughs> I was and I don't. I, I picked up on it. I was, I was. I was definitely following everything. Just for the, for the record, on that, I was just nice to um, uh, skim over the initial general background. So I appreciate how you did that very much. And it was appreciate the thorough uh, background as well. Um, before we take any questions from board members, I want to provide an opportunity for public comment. Catherine, do we have any members of the public? No, we have no comment. Okay. Any any in our, our our crowd this evening? Seeing none, we will close public comments and move on to any questions from our trustees. Did it yeah, <laughs> everyone's shaking their their, their head, Deborah. We've we've uh, done <laughs> this before, and so uh, uh, Dr. Powell, Miss um, Albert, are we we're looking for a motion tonight to give you direction in terms of being. In, in, engaging with uh, Keenan on uh, moving forward, at least in this initial step with the SERP? That is correct. We're looking for an approval um, to provide us a direction to open up the assessment and uh, application phase for the SERP. That is correct. Okay. Well, I would welcome a motion to that effect. Well, thank you so move. Thank you, Trustee Ball. Second. 
And thank you, Trustee Rios, for your second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? And we will adopt uh, the motion unanimously. Thank you very much, Deborah, for a, a great presentation. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Have a good evening. You too. Thank you. We will uh, jump to information item 13.1 and over review, uh, overview of uh, General Fund 11. All right, that's Mr. Reeves. Thank you, Trustee Dodd. If I can call your attention to the schedule uh, on the screen, um, I, I, I will not spend much time orienting you to this because I think we've we've done that in the past. I will uh, offer that we've added a little more information after uh, Trustee Baker's keen observation uh, at the last meeting about adding a percentage here, which I think you'll find is very helpful. So if you... Um, if you look at the far right column, just above the far right column, you'll see a four twelfths equals 33%. So what that's saying is we're about a third of the way through the fiscal period. And so when you look at the numbers down that right column, it tells you how, what the percentage is compared to the budget you adopted. So on the revenue side, the upper, the upper uh, portion of the schedule, you'll notice that uh, our revenue in the current year is a percentage of, of uh, what you adopted. We're still at very low percentages. And that is because we, primarily because we have not received our property tax uh, 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 revenues quite yet. They'll, they'll arrive in, in December. However, in November, this is through October, the schedule, we did receive a sizable uh, apportionment payment from the state. So while this looks pretty thin here in terms of a budget, our cash flow is really quite, quite good right now. So if you scan down that right column, so anything around 33% says we're generally on track with what we thought we would be doing. Um, uh, relative to the budget you adopted. So the variances uh, are generally uh, there in, in salaries. You'll see the total salaries were 29% expended after one third of the budget uh, timeline. Under benefits, we're at about 30% expended after a third of the budget. And under total books and supplies, we're at about 17% expended. Property, excuse me, salaries and benefits are fairly regimented once you start the year. So those are very predictable. Many of the expenses below um, benefits, uh, salaries and benefits are, are not as regimented in terms of how we pay them. So it often gives rise to some other variances. So moving down to uh, the next section, which uh, starts with line 34, uh, you'll see that uh, the variances are fairly consistent. We had a 45% variance in our insurance and utilities, likely because we played, paid a big insurance premium uh, in, in August, I think. So that's giving rise certainly to uh, a variance compared to our budget at this point in the year. In addition, we had a, var a variance in legal election and audit. We did not have an election expenditure in this year's budget. Uh, but we do we have uh, sustained some legal and and obviously our audit expenses there. Nothing to be alarmed at from my perspective, but certainly that's something we want to keep an eye on moving forward. The big variance, if you'll notice down below, is under capital outlay, and I would 
I would ask uh, that you always pay attention to the big variances, obviously. It says 106%. So what it's saying is that we spent 106% of the budget you adopted, 6% of the total budget you adopted. What I'll share with you is there are some expenses that need to be reclassified out of here and then some into Fund 12 and some into some other areas. So I don't have any particular concerns about that at this point, but certainly um, certainly we'll want to keep an eye on that. So at the end of the day, if you look under total expenditures, line 48, I don't know if we can see line 48 there, but it's the, it's the blue shaded. Thank you, Catherine. Our total expenditures are tracking about 30% of the budget you adopted after one third of the year. So we're trending uh, in pretty good shape right now in, in total. Um, and just as a reference point, if you want to uh, test your reading glasses, uh, uh, look over one column to the left. It gives you a sense of where we were compared to this time last year. So with that, I would thank uh, Trustee Baker for her insight there. I think uh, that might be a useful component, component of our report. So with that, I would, uh, I would open it up to any questions. Trustee Baker? I have a question, but I just want to say thank you. And uh, this is fabulous. And now I have something to aspire to in my own reports. <laughs> thank you. Any other questions? No. Or accolades. No. Thank you, Mr. Reeves. Yes, yeah. thank you. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. We will move to item 13.2, MCOR Services Mesa Energy Systems Club. Thank you, Trustee Don. On the agenda is a quote uh, to replace uh, some control systems in what we call our chiller plant. Our chiller plant is the the central plant on campus that that operates our HVAC system, the heating and cooling across the campus. Um, many uh, the valve components and the controllers have reached their useful life. And so uh, it's, it's imperative, quite frankly. And I think if you pull anyone in the room here, you'll find some concerns related to either how cold their areas are or how warm occasionally they are. Um, so we are pushing this forward. I will share with you that this funding is coming from the block grant from the state. Uh, you may recognize it as the scheduled maintenance and instructional supply block grant. Uh, this funding is coming from this year's block grant. I'll, I'll spend a little more time on these two block grants uh, a little later in my report. But our request is for approval for this expenditure to replace these controls to provide more to begin to address some of the issues related to our environmental management system. Old lady, move approval. Second. Thank you. Um, Trustee Baldini with the motion and Trustee Baker with the second. Before we... Oh, excuse me. I was looking at you, Trustee Goff, with the second. Before we uh, move to a, a vote, can, uh, Catherine, uh, do we have any public comment? No, we do not. Thank you. We'll cl close public comment on this action item. And uh, any discussion? I just have one question. Thank you, Trustee Rios. Is the full amount covered by the block grant? The full amount of this expenditure is covered by the block grant. Thank you. 
I guess and one question to uh, Mr. Reeves. I, I was just looking at the quote. I looked kind of we're going through different options and scenarios um, that the contractor was proposing. Maybe can you provide any sort of background on, on the quote? Though, not to get too micro uh, into it, and I don't know if that's uh, uh, you're familiar. I guess with that level of detail, but any any insights there? You know, my my insights come from um, our experience uh, with our facility staff and their the challenges they encounter with with uh, being able to respond to requests for environmental uh, controls. MCOR is is a company that the apparently is is uniquely familiar with the idiosyncrasies of this particular plant of this particular property uh, and so we've asked them to go through this and make a recommendation about beginning steps to to improve this um, and and I, this is the first step frankly you'll see another investment in controls and next year in the block grant we received this year as well to, to continue that pro that uh, that process. So I couldn't give you um, in, in very granular details about what all of this means, but we've certainly vetted it with our staff and with MCOR to be sure that we're getting, uh, we're making strides in the right direction in terms of our central plant and how we can best serve uh, faculty, students, and staff in their work environments. Good to have that expert opinion. Um, well, then I will uh, call for a vote. Oh, excuse me. I have a question, Mr. Reeves. Since my name is on the brass plaque on the on the side of that chiller plant, it is a bond project on this. Do we not build in a um, a fund or contingency in, in the in the price on these these items? Looking at their expected life and pulling it out of the a particular fund, or I, I'm very happy about the. The grant, but is is that that's a ordinary? that's a terrific question. When you look at the total cost of ownership of a project like a building, including a chiller plant, one should understand what it will cost, what the reasonable life of the component parts of it are, and plan for replacement at the point at which those component parts fail, or or you anticipate they'll fail. Um, we have not been very good at that, and I'll, I'll share with you that many institutions uh, don't do that as well as they should so that the funds are available at the point at which you need to, to replace or retrofit uh, those kinds of projects. The other way to do it, in my experience, is you have a donor provider uh, um, put in, into an endowment, uh, a maintenance um, a fund that uh, particularly if their name's on a plaque in the building, they can donate to that project and it will help to address some of those costs. So good. I, I, it's right, speechless. We'll, we'll establish it. Just put my name on it too. Thank you very much, Mr. Reeves. And thank you very much, Trustee Baldini, for your generous donation. Thank you. All in favor? Aye. 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 Any opposed? Adopted unanimously. Moving to 14.1, a second reading of board policy manual chapter two for the board of trustees. Um, do I think the best way to do this, I know we have AP 20, uh, 2340 that was subject to discussion last, um, last meeting. Are there any other policies outside of AP 2340 that uh, require discussion? 
seeing everyone shaking their heads. Okay, so we will just address AP 2340 and uh, ad hoc committee very generously donated their time to reach consensus uh, on that. So I don't know if uh, one of those members would quickly jump in. Um, well, you know, we discussed it and kind of went back to the original intent of why, oh, sorry, went back to the kind of an original intent of how it was written this way in the first place. And I think fortunately or unfortunately, we were all here then. Um, and I think that the consensus about, among our um, ad hoc committee was that the current policy as it reads works or, or it, but we would benefit from being a little bit more diligent in our adherence to it if that makes sense so that there's no need to change it but that we just need to perhaps be a little more tight about how we actually follow it and then just for uh, clarity's sake and this is uh for Ms. Kittle's benefit, the the section that we're talking, it's not the entire, all the changes are removing, going back to the original, it's just that one clause of AP 2340, which I don't have. I'm trying to pull up in front of me, so I do there now. Thank you. So just in terms of that second paragraph, or what is now, I guess, the first paragraph. So we are going to uh, maintain the language as, excuse me. Catherine, could you help me out here? I'm trying to find, what I'm trying to do here is just be clear in terms of the, the, the revisions to AP 2340. So we had talked about a board member, go ahead. Yeah, if you look on your screen um, next to, Trustee Iverson, so they're talking about AP 2340, and it sounds to me like you'd like to keep those first two numbers, one and two, as written. No changes? That's correct. Okay. And then further down, wait. Uh, what do you want to do with those? Maintain those, because I think we were focused. Changes. Yeah. Yeah. So what I am hearing is that we are going to revert the struck and added language back to its original form in those first two paragraphs and maintain the remainder of the changes as presented. Correct. Good. Okay. Good. Does uh, Trustee Emeritus, such as Trustee Emeritus Ketron, uh, follow any different? Is he a member of the public or is he a trustee? That's a very interesting legal question, Trustee Bolanini. Um and let's so let's, let's wait yes. for that until when it presents itself. <laughs> and that's a good way to handle it. Yeah, <laughs> I would welcome a, a motion uh, to approve uh, this the second reading. Excuse me, um, before I jump there, I'd love to take public comment. Catherine, do we have any public comment? No, I see no public comment. Thank you. Well, I would welcome a motion. So moved. Thank you, Trustee Baker. Second. And thank you, Trustee Rios. All in favor? Aye. 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 Any opposed? Adopted unanimously. Thank you, everybody. And thank you, uh, thank you to our ad hoc committee for, for taking the time to, to get it right, which I think it is. 
We will go to our guideline uh, reports, uh, fifth, uh, item 15, uh, the board welcomes reports from our campus groups. Reports may be made verbally or submitted in writing. If a report is expected to last over three minutes, please notify the president's office so we can separately agendize the item. Um, any documents presented must be sent in ahead of the meeting and will become part of the public record according to the Brown Act. Uh, we will go to uh, report 15.2 from ASNBC President Priya Sharma. I don't see Priya here, however. Oops, let me get this off the screen. She did uh, submit her report for your reading. Okay. Thank you to Priya. I uh, have failed to add it. We, uh, we do have Danielle here with us. I'll, I'll get that added. Go ahead and circulate, yeah. circulate after. I was like, Sorry. I didn't see it. Uh, um, we'll move to 15.3, our classified Senate report. Miss Alexander. Is she? Uh, uh, yeah, here I am. I'm on Zoom. Good evening. I just wanted to uh, offer a quick report. We wanted to share with you that we had a really fun Halloween event on October 27th. The classified Senate um was able to be included with the ASNBC event called the Halloween Spooktacular. And um, there was a pumpkin carving contest and some Halloween contests and, I mean, costume, sorry, contests. Um, so we wanted to give um, sort of praise and thanks to the ASNBC for letting us be a part of their event and also the students who worked on it and our classified senators who worked on it. Um, I think it was really fun and everybody's feedback is that it was a good um, a good beginning and we're just going to keep trying to build on that and um, increase uh, participation next year. And we also just would like to extend um, our gratitude and appreciation to Dr. Powell, who is um, really, really just a great advocate for the classified staff, but also for all of the um, constituency groups on campus and we're just very grateful for our open communication with him and um, our ability to talk things out, problem solve, work together towards solutions. So it felt important to just say thank you to him and um, this concludes my report. Thank you Miss Alexander. No, no insights into your costume though. <laughs> oh I was a deer. I was a deer the animal like the animal. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. Classified Association Report, uh, Ms. Dixie Larson. I don't believe she's present. Okay. Uh, Admin Confidential uh, Senate Report, Bob Vanderbilt. Thank you, President Dodd, members of the board. Uh, you'll notice that I'm wearing my NBC hoodie today, and, and I want to thank you for the um, adoption of the MCOR contract for uh, HVAC controls, uh, because uh, that hoodie is because many of our buildings are very cold right now, uh, but also because today is Spirit Friday, even though it's Thursday, because we have our holiday. So we had a very nice event. I uh, shocked Cheryl by uh, showing up, and uh, apparently the first time she's ever seen me in a hoodie. <laughs> uh, I also want to note that if you have not yet uh, purchased your tickets uh, to the Beauty and the Beast performance this weekend, you're out of luck. Um, they're 
fully sold out shows uh, for tonight uh, happening at uh, seven o'clock um, and Saturday and then Sunday afternoon. We welcome 450 middle schoolers this morning to uh, the performance there and uh, corralling middle schoolers uh, it is quite a challenge. And yes. Trustee Goff, I know you are well aware of that. Uh, there, there is a rhythm to the academic year building to the crescendo of commencement, uh, which happens to be my favorite day of the academic year, where we get to see the joy of our students and pride their family members have in their accomplishments as a reminder of what we do and why we do it. Uh, higher education has a different rhythm than other sectors. Unlike retail, for example, that builds toward Black Friday as the day when they determine whether they have a profit or not, um, or the wine industry seasonality that ranges from bud break to Verizon to harvest, or the CPA tax season, or the insurance brokers open enrollment periods. Uh, we measure time in semesters, although that rhythm has been broken by events such as COVID or our cyber attack. Um, although I have a little to report at the moment, there is much that is being done. At this point in the semester, classes are building to final exams, while registration for next semester is well underway and being carefully monitored. Our tech tools are slowly coming back, and the effort to build back better continues. Plans made last year are being implemented, and consideration of future plans for next year continues. Our committees and task forces are hard at work, and your administrative team um, is working at reviewing various proposed administrative procedures. New and updated curriculum is being developed. It is a very busy season. Um, and again, thank you for the opportunity to uh, provide this brief report. Thank you. Academic Senate Report, Dr. Tejada. Good evening, uh, President Powell, Napa Valley College community and board members. The Academic Senate continues to do its work to preserve academic freedom at Napa Valley College. By remaining current in issues, policies, and procedures um, that affect us at the local and state level. Dr. Jim McGowan and I attended the State Academic Senate Fall Plenary Session where the efforts of our local Senate were shown to align with the trends in the state and nationally. Our work on professional learning through the creation of the Academic Senate Center for Equity and Excellence in Teaching and Learning, or ASCEDL, was not just a firm, but also demonstrated our trailblazing in innovation and effective practices in the state. Indeed, it was recognized in the um, by the accreditation team when they came and, and interviewed us. And there is going to be some follow-up um, at the state level. There's interest in learning more about our work uh, as we shift through uh, to the professional learning paradigm. The Academic Senate Professional Learning Committee, as an ad hoc, is, is working collaboratively with the Office of Academic Affairs, Dr. Powell, and the other constituent uh, presidents to prepare for our IEPI Partnership Resource Team PRT visit on November 30th. We're excited to meet with the team and share the work we are doing in the creation of the Academic Senate Center for Equity and excellence in teaching and learning. Um, I'm going to close my report by um, 
wishing to recognize the efforts of faculty in the creation of the Accreditation Institutional Self-Evaluation Report. Under the direction of the faculty co-chair of the Accreditation Steering Committee and the Academic Senate, the faculty on the writing teams worked over 53 hours each, or the equivalent of one class without compensation. I want to thank them for their service and demonstrated expertise in completing the ICER. This concludes my report. Thank you, Dr. Dahada. And thank you to the uh, accreditation team, of course, as well. Uh, faculty Association Report, uh, Ms. Iwamato. Good evening, board. Good evening, Dr. Powell, and good evening, everyone in attendance. I'm sorry I can't be with you in person tonight, uh, but I am hoping to be back next month and be in the room with you all. Um, I wanted to uh, start out today by, uh, by noting that uh, Danielle had thanked uh, Dr. Powell for just being a great advocate for classified staff. I just wanted to echo and sort of piggyback on that. In the months that Dr. Powell has been here, he's also been a great uh, advocate for faculty. Um, he is very transparent. I very much enjoy working with him and I'm feeling very optimistic about the future. So that's making me really happy. But of course, I don't always get to come with good news. And so I did want to give you a little bit of background and then tell you about the statement that I'm about to read. Um, <laughs> Trustee Baker's laughing at me. So um, the uh, uh, actually, so here's the background. Um, as you know, last year we had faculty chairs. These were faculty positions that had reassigned time. And the faculty chairs were part of a group called the Academic Affairs Council. And uh, then the faculty chair's positions were discontinued um, for budgetary reasons. And so the Academic Affairs Council was disbanded and those faculty chairs, uh, those positions ceased to exist. We've now um, come to the present where we are trying to restart an Academic Affairs Council, but the district has restarted the Academic Affairs Council and asked faculty um, program coordinators which are not what faculty chairs were, they're a different position, program coordinators to uh, to be on this academic affairs committee, but uh, they're just asking them to volunteer for this committee. So I did a survey. I, you know, I always do a survey. I want to find out where faculty feel on this. And um, we, in the survey, we did have a, a majority of faculty who wanted me to, uh, to make a statement. And uh, so this is the statement that we decided upon today at the union meeting, and I will read it now. The Napa Valley College Faculty Association highly advises that program coordinators no longer attend Academic Affairs Council until NVCCD agrees to fairly compensate them to do so. Since the beginning of the pandemic, inflation has reduced purchasing power by 15% and healthcare costs have risen. While our salary increase has helped to offset some of that, it would have been more effective if we were not already among the lowest paid faculty in the California Community College system, as well as the lowest compensated overall due to lack of paid family health benefits. While these meetings are not mandatory, we appreciate and we appreciate the invitation for input by our VPAA, our faculty cannot help but feel a sense of duty to their programs and to their students, and it's difficult for them to not take on just one more thing because they love this college. However, this repeatedly takes advantage of faculty goodwill, and it sets a dangerous precedent. 
It is important that our faculty do not feel pressured to work beyond the contract and program coordinators, the majority of whom have seen a cut in reassigned time this year, should be able to set healthy boundaries on their time, particularly since faculty chairs were compensated to attend the very same meeting just last year. It is okay to say no because allowing the district to add duties and meetings without fair compensation sends the message that we will participate in unwaged labor. And that is my report. Thank you. Thank you very much, Ms. Iwamoto. We will move to president and cabinet reports. Dr. Powell. Thank you. Start with Bob. Good evening, board. Good evening, colleagues. Um, I posted uh, my report earlier, but I'd like to uh, expound on a couple things. Guided pathways, uh, we are proceeding, moving forward, and today was the first official, uh, too many P's, Bob, as a pizza party for uh, for one of our uh, groups. So uh, that, that that occurred, and it's uh, Dr. Warnall and I have been meeting, we had a nice meeting with Dr. Um, today and as, as we have faculty we have folks buying in and so we are uh, moving forward we'll be presenting some information at the high school breakfast next week so with counselors so we're looking forward to that and, and gaining steam and some momentum and uh, a week or two ago the time flies uh, we had a strategic enrollment management um, workshop for two days and there was some aha moments in that and how guided pathways and, and SEM work together and uh, we have some great things coming forward. So um, it's take some time, but we will get there. Uh, Dr. Tejada mentioned and discussed the uh, the IAPI grant or the IAPI process, and we are indeed looking forward to a, a site visit on October, October 11th, 30th, or uh, November 30th. Uh, at the bottom of the note, uh, it does note that we, uh, we are extending through the academic year. I'll just send an application to extend the, the term of the, the grant for a year. Dr. Tejada and I um, discussed it and given some situations of cyber attack and the like. Um, uh, we're, not ex we're not asking for more money. We're just asking for a little more time to spend that money. So I anticipate that will come through. Uh, I had the opportunity to attend the, the uh, CIO uh, Chief Instructional Office uh, Conference in San Diego a couple weeks ago. And it was a very, uh, very wonderful networking opportunity. Met some old friends, saw some old friends, but also had a bit of an eye-opening uh, moment is that um, of all the colleges in the community college um, system, there's quite a few uh, temporary acting interim vice presidents. Uh, and um, while I thought I was, while I thought I had been on a bit of an island, and we've had some challenges here, we all know that, um, I'm very pleased that I'm here at Napa Valley College and not some other districts because while we've had our challenges, yikes, some other folks have some some real challenges. So, um, but it was a bit it was a bit alarming to, to see and hear the number of um, acting in interim positions that are that are in the vice president's roles, um, and there probably a variety of reasons for that. Last week, I had the opportunity to attend the Napa County Office of Education. Um, Educational Administrators Breakfast of uh, uh, Dr. Barbara Mintnemco and folks around around the, the county and had some great opportunities to, to dialogue and network with uh, high school principals and the like. First time I've been able to do that. The first partner of California was a keynote speaker, uh, Jennifer Siebel Newsom. It was a good opportunity, great opportunity to, to meet and talk and, and, um, and have thoughts. And then my, my primary, really good discussion with the principal of uh, New Tech High School. Um, they're doing wonderful things there, and uh, our, one of our CTE um, 
parts of Hillary, Greg Moralia, um, has been embedded at New Tech for a while and working with New Tech. And great things are happening there with dual enrollment. Like last Friday, I mentioned the last meeting um, that we had a we had a seminar uh, for the simulation that was sponsored by a company called CAE, where we purchased our simulators. Um, our faculty and staff in, in our health occupations area served as experts and provided best practices. We had approximately 60, 60 outside people came and um, visited, and it was a whole day affair. And they got, they were able to um, folks, it's not, not our folks, there's 60 outside folks that came in. They had an opportunity to taste some of our Napa Valley wine at, at lunch, and then um, had a mixture with more Napa Valley wine after after the event. So, so the one, uh, VWT program was well represented. Um, and lastly, it's uh, I think the formal invitation is going out if you haven't received it already. But on Tuesday, December thirteenth at three p.m. will be the ADN or nursing program painting. So you're all um, invited, obviously, and there'll be a formal invitation coming, but that's always a highlight um, to uh, to honor those those, those uh, healthcare professionals as they come to the conclusion along. And, and, um, for some challenging event, but to get to the end, it's wonderful. So that's, that's uh, December 13th. So I look forward to seeing you there. And the formal invitation, if you haven't received it, we'll make sure you get it very soon. Thank you. So, and some of the conversations, like with the high schools and the Napa County Office of Education, does because I know that we're trying to build our relationships with them. But I kind of a question: How many people in this room have had some involvement at some point in our lives with the community college, outside of our respective roles? So, I was just thinking earlier because it was a comment from um, a fellow community member about highlighting some of the people that have been through the community college and that there's attorneys, college presidents, successful business owners. I mean, and I'm sure Holly somewhere on that lines, like a billboard postering someone, but just to get that message out there. Uh, yeah. Trustee Iverson, you're actually, uh, tipping the cards a bit to uh, an, an initiative that will be spearheading moving into the uh, spring semester, which is uh, alum highlight, uh, highlights, not just for Napa Valley College, but community college uh, alum within the, the region, uh, part of our marketing campaign moving forward. So more to come on that. On it. That was a very quick response to a trustee. Uh, concern. <laughs> well, I'm really excited about this one. Yeah. Okay, so I think I'm I'm next. Uh, good evening, uh, Board of Trustees and community. Also, just want to um, acknowledge Trustee Goff from Trustee Baldini for your years of service, and thank you both for for what you've done. I remember um, Trustee Baldini, uh, the trip we took to to San Francisco, a mission just trip with the Puente students. We, we did bring the student back when we found that student who walked away and we were able to bring her back and um and uh she decided to go i think shopping at the last minute and we had to go 
uh, scavenger hunt that we found her though. So uh, very, very excited about that. So, um, but thank you again for all your, your years of service and for what you've done for our community. And we look forward to continuing to, to work with you and to build with you um, into the future. Um, my report this evening is, is, a, is a, sh- a bit short. I'm going to highlight a couple of points. I did uh, submit a written report. <clears throat> um, a couple of highlights I'd like to make around what Student Affairs has been doing the last uh, month or so um, is really highlight the the work of the transfer center um, this this past this past month we on October 30th we, we held our historically black colleges and universities caravan um, activity here on campus or HBCU uh, caravan where we had uh, 11 colleges and universities uh, participate come to campus and participate in our HBCU transfer program so um, we had a lot of students join us. We had students from the community join us, from our local high schools join us as well. Actually, specifically, uh, we had uh, Vintage High and Justin Sienna uh, students uh, come to campus and, and attend and participate in this uh, activity. Uh, On-the-spot admissions was offered to two of our NVC students, so this is exciting. They literally were given um, on-the-spot admissions to, to school. So uh, what a great opportunity for them. We had programs like uh, Umoja, uh, our MVC Foundation, Career Center, Mrs. STEM, SSS Ayan, SSS Trio, um, our athletics department, um, and our basic needs center, the tables, and we're able to provide information for the community. So an opportunity for us to really connect and build with our HBCUs, but also promote the programs we have here at NBC. So um, the, uh, a very well-attended event. Um, I think there's there's pictures. I, I put it onto the to the uh, my my report, um, so you can see some of the activities that occurred throughout. Um, another highlight I'd like to to provide is the EOPS Caracal Works Team actually participated in the 53rd annual California Community College's EOPS Association Conference, October 23rd to the 25th. So, um, SEC, this is a, a conference I've been to since that conference many years, um, but an opportunity to really highlight the work that EOPS CalWorks is doing statewide. Um, but for us, specifically for Applied College, I uh, lift up the work of uh, Senior Dean uh, Billy Morgan, who was honored for 35 years of service for EOPS. So, uh, yes, yes, great work. And I got to work with her for many years. Um, has done amazing things for Napa Valley College and continues to do that. So that was held in Palm Springs um, with workshops and speakers, scholarship ceremony for our students. So very powerful activity that, that occurred. Um, my, my final update is around our, our high school visits. We, we completed our ninth high school visit, so nine schools, um, up and down the, the community of the valley um, around specifically making connections to our high school counselors, our administrators, to let them know about Napa Valley College. Um, we are intentionally, specifically targeting schools that perhaps in the past have been at the center of our outreach um, efforts. So uh, Up Valley, our, our schools in Santa Elena, in Calistoga, um, and our other schools, uh, like the Middle Creek, that, um, that in the past have, have been on the side or not necessarily in the uh, crosshairs of our outreach efforts. Uh, we really, really made sure target them and and specifically make connections so that's been a great opportunity uh lots more to come on that we are actively working on creating what we call high school tools um for the spring where we're going to invite our schools to come to campus our, our partners and experience NBC for a day so and in that day um hopefully literally walk away with a uh, application filled out or um financial aid filled out or something so students are 
connect with LinkedIn right away. So that's that's exciting work on that. Um, so uh, other than that, my, my, my invitation to all of you for November 17th, next Thursday, 745, is your high school breakfast. Be some really good burritos and uh, some chivaquitas and some other food there. So I uh, welcome to come. Again, our partners from our local community, our, our high school partners uh, will be there um, and, and our other agencies. So hope to see you there. That is very, that finishes my report. Thank you. Good evening again, members of the board. I too posted my report. Uh, on board docs, and I'd like to just touch on a few a few high points. Catherine, would you mind opening that? Because as I conclude, I want to look at two tables at the end of that report. I would begin by the uh, just an update on the audit report. Um, the financial piece is moving along very nicely. Uh, there will be a, a meeting of the uh, uh, budget and audit committee prior to the December meeting. Uh, to look at the audit as well as uh, other matters that may be on that agenda, but primarily the audit prior to the December meeting. Um, just a note here, we uh, our financials look very, very good in terms of the audit. We are having a challenge pulling out data related to uh, the chancellor's office uh, request to audit our, our graduation, our certificates and diplomas because uh, some of the data is stuck in a system that's antiquated and we are doing our best to pull it out, but we haven't had much success yet. All that to say that um, uh, the auditor's concerned if we can't pull that out, it may result in, in a closer look at that particular piece of data. So I'll, I'll keep you updated on that. We're working uh, literally day and night to try to figure out how to re uh, retrieve this data. The second point I'd like just to uh, call your attention to is uh, some of our institutional technology um, uh, efforts. Uh, we are putting together a, a list of all of the technology investments that we're about to make um, in, in significant numbers. And I, they're numbers you may not recognize because much of it is uh, uh, funded from Fund 12 or restricted portions, so something in, in the area of $3 million. And so uh, we will be able to fund it, I'm fairly certain, as I look at all the categorical opportunities as well as what we have available in Fund 11. Some specific points I wanted to point out to you that we're, we're implementing a two-step authentication system to improve our security. Uh, we're moving forward with the initial purchase of several, uh, many uh, desktop and laptop computers that are no longer supported and become a security risk. And we're looking to a go live date for our enterprise system uh, to go to the cloud. Going to the cloud takes us off local servers, puts us into a far more secure environment. And we're looking at a go live for that entire system, our enterprise system on July 1st. A quick update on student housing. Uh, you may know they're moving along quite nicely. Um, we, uh, we are uh, finishing our, we just accepted today our final, today is the deadline for our RFQ request for qualifications for construction manager and project manager roles. So at our next meeting, I anticipate being able to present for your consideration a list of qualified candidates for those two particular roles at the college. In facilities, uh, I wanted to, uh, you probably have heard this, we, we had to close the pool about a month before we initially anticipated. Uh, and, and working with the, uh, the county, um, 
the, the county believed that we needed to do some repairs on the pool prior to continuing operations. So uh, we did need to close it. We did notify uh, those users at the point uh, where we knew we had to close it. Um, and obviously, when you have plans to use that facility, it's not always an easy conversation. So uh, we didn't indicate that we do plan on reopening the pool on schedule as the, uh, as the new semester begins in early February. We will be draining the pool to do some of that, that maintenance about December the 3rd, it seems to me, uh, and addressing those, those immediate concerns related to the swimming pool. If I can call your attention to the tables at the back I referenced earlier, the scheduled maintenance block grants, uh, we had one this year to the tune of about $1.7 million. Some of you have seen this before. I just wanted to give you a quick update on where we are with those projects. Uh, we, uh, we had a, a roofing replacement in Upper Valley Campus that was completed in the spring. Number two was the replace of the HVAC system in Building 1800. That is still underway. We had some, um, some uh, challenges with receiving the equipment to complete that work, um, supply chain issues, but that is well underway. Number three is the swimming pool expansion joints. There is one piece of the swimming pool improvements here. And as I'll point out, we had much more money next year on the scheduled maintenance to address that. We had some asbestos abatement. And we have a roof replacement that you authorized at last year, excuse me, last means uh, budget underway. These are allocations from this year, about $1.7 million. For the current year, excuse me, that was an allocation for last year, 21-22. This year, we received a total allocation of about six point, just over $6 million. These resources are intended for two purposes, these block grants, scheduled maintenance and instructional equipment. And the institution makes a determination about how much they want to spend in each direction. Uh, we, we have earmarked, uh, uh, we have certified with the chancellor's office that facilities, scheduled maintenance is looking at around, uh, just, uh, just around $5 million to devote to scheduled maintenance. And we've earmarked, earmarked about $1 million for uh, instructional equipment. The certification for instructional equipment or how they will use those funds is due in December. I think uh, Bob Harris is currently working on that. I did want to point out you know, what the facilities committee is recommending for how we use these funds. We did register with the chancellor's office. However, if something shifts, we can go back and, and make some um, adjustments to these. We're looking at um, number one is a building, uh, a roof replacement as part of our roofing replacement program. We have a couple of elevators that are no longer uh, as operational as they should be. Uh, some stories of uh, people uh, occasionally getting caught in elevators. Uh, and number three is a, a child care building, a roof replacement. Uh, number four is some electrical improvements. Number five is a million dollars to uh, address deferred maintenance in the swimming pool. And that includes a replaster of the entire facility, replacement of some tiles, and to uh, put the swimming pool back in a position where it is uh, a little easier to maintain. It is not a redesign of the facility. It's simply to bring the pool back up to meet its original design specifications. So uh, that's a worthy investment. Um, 
I think there are maybe those uh, on campus who think that that dollar should go somewhere else. However, the alternatives are uh, and the alternatives are, are not as promising uh, to to do anything else with that pool other than to maintain it in this condition that that it was designed to accomplish. Number seven, uh, we replaced HVAC uh, in in building at twelve hundred. Uh, number eight, breakers against some electrical replacements. Um, number nine, another elevator. Number ten is the next investment in environmental management systems or HVAC controls. Um, number 11 is more HVAC investment. And number 12 is actually some more um, HVAC investment. So you can see we are fixing elevators, repairing roofs, and, and uh, as well as fixing the pool, we are uh, addressing HVAC concerns in here. This, there's a caution. This is a very generous block grant amount from the state. We will not see this again in the near future. So we have to be judicious here and 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 make sure we address the issues, our longstanding deferred maintenance issues. We have not done a deferred maintenance analysis on our campus. I was sharing with Dr. Powell, I've done these in the past, deferred maintenance analysis, uh, and they're typically not pretty numbers. And I suspect ours is not a pretty number either. Uh, and, and at some point in our future, we, we, we need to look at what, uh, what our deferred maintenance backlog looks like uh, to address some of the issues that... Uh, that uh, Trustee Baldini has brought up, how we address these costs that we know are going, we're going to need to address over time and begin to plan for that. So with that, I would conclude my report. Thank you. One comment on that, and I don't know if you've heard it today, but um, good job. And I wanted to commend you on a lot of the, the work that you've done and not to go back to old news, but the enhanced monitoring and the amount of time that we were able to get off of that. And I know that uh, a lot of credit towards you and your team, um, the district as a whole. So thank you for everything you're doing. Thank you. I'll conclude. Is that so Michael? It's it's post dated to twenty thirty. <laughs> Does he want a bigger plaque? Is that what that is? <laughs> Thank you. We appreciate that. <laughs> um, I'll wrap up the uh, the president's office report with just a few updates, uh, just from from myself personally. Um, I do want to extend thanks to uh, the entire uh, MVC community for our community open house on October 15th. Last time we were together, it was just a few days before we were um, excited but anxious about what that event would look like. Uh, and I think all, all of us were here and it was a very well attended event and it was a very uh, successful event from the perspective of us uh, defaulting back to and really living out and operationalizing um, our tagline for this year, which is Rediscover Napa Valley College. So uh, thank you to the entire uh, campus community and to the extended uh, Napa community for your support and really looking forward to doing that one again next year. A um, couple of things I've been up to. It's been a really busy month since the last time we were here. Um, I did have the chance to tour uh, Santa Rosa Junior College's student housing 
and learn more about their program, their project. They're about a year ahead of us. And so there are a lot of lessons learned that in speaking with uh, my counterpart, Dr. Chong, uh, over at SRJC and his uh, vice president of student services, um, I think they're going to be a really good asset and resource. They're going to uh, remain in contact with us and have offered to uh, hold hands with us during our process and share those lessons learned uh, as we move forward in the next couple of years in our project. So excited about that. Um, Dr. Guerrero and I had the chance last week to attend uh, the Colegas Conference in Long Beach and uh, the conference, it was the inaugural conference for this organization, which uh, focuses on really empowering Latinx student success. A lot of really good seminars that, that were there uh, around HSI grants, around some of the initiatives statewide that are happening, our colleagues are doing. And I think just a great opportunity for us to really connect with our, uh, our colleagues across the state and, and just re-energize ourselves around this work, which is, uh, it can be tiring, but but it's also so so impactful and just so enriching. So uh, my thanks for you know, Dr. Guerrero and I attending uh I'm really looking forward to having a whole team or, or a bigger team go back next year. We talked about that. Um, an enhanced presence from NBC next year is going to be a really good thing for us at this conference. Um, and then today, today was busy. Uh, started at about six o'clock this morning with uh, Trustee Iverson with a, a nice meeting we had, a catch up. Uh, and then we brought that into Sunrise Rotary. It was a great chance to, to meet with that group and, and just share a little bit about uh, myself, about the, the, the college, our vision. Uh, areas of overlap, things that we anticipate doing with them. Um, we also had the chance to meet uh, the cabinet members and I uh, with the Napa Valley Transportation Authority uh, later this morning to discuss ways that we can enhance opportunities for our students, uh, increase their mobility, and, and innovate around some projects that are going to really assist our students with uh, transportation and moving throughout the region and the area. So we're excited to continue to work on that. Um, and the last thing is just on a personal level, really like to wish everybody a happy Veterans Day in advance, um, you know, and just throw out a, a little shout out to uh, two veterans who are special and important to me. Uh, my grandfather, rest in peace. He was uh, an airman who served in, uh, in uh, the Korean War. And my uncle, Michael, uh, who also served in the first uh, Gulf War. He's a Marine. So thank you for your service. Thank you for everyone uh, for your service. Uh, those of you who have served in the uh, Yes, best wishes tomorrow on your special day. So, thanks. Thank you very much, Dr. Powell. Standing committee uh, reports, DOS and uh, Viticulture and Winery Foundation. Trustee Baldini, so, anything to report there? The meetings, the uh, Viticulture next Wednesday and Thank you. Audit and Finance Committee, I don't believe we have anything to report there. Real property, same. Um, we can forego McPherson, Shank, and accreditation. And move on to College Foundation report. College Foundation had their board retreat, and lots of Good things came out of that. We have some positive direction around the Wine Education Center and things are moving along. So looking forward to bringing back some really good stuff for you guys. Great. Future agenda item requests. Comments. 
being none, we're looking good there. And we will move on to trustee reports. Uh, let's see here. Trustee Rios. <laughs> uh, well, I don't have a lot to report. I was here on October 15th for the big event and uh, I enjoyed it. I, it was great. It was, we've talked about doing something like that for years. You're trying to get people on campus for the community to see what's here and what's offered. So I was really happy that that's finally happened. Um, and it looked like a success to me. So um, I'm looking forward to that continuing. Thank you. Trustee Baker. I have a few things. Uh, I went to uh, the Henning, uh, which was always, as always a lot of fun. Went to the open house. That was fun. Went to see Beauty and the Beast. Also fun. Um, my, one of the things I just want to call everybody's attention to is where we were a year ago and how far we've come in a year. Uh, we've got a lot of new faces, a lot of, I'm not going to say old faces, but existing, pre-existing faces that have changed jobs and um we got people that are leaving us now and i i mean we have done so much in 12 months and i'm just so happy that we had the crew that we had to get through it the crew that we have now and i know we're still building that and um want to take opportunity to say goodbye to a few people uh before i get to my fellow trustees i don't know if it's been announced, but Miss Holly Dawson is leaving. Uh, this is her last meeting. And uh, so we were friends before, we'll be friends after. And that you have just made such a huge difference here. And just want to say thank you. Um, I know you won't get a plaque on the website. But we know that that was you, and we are looking forward to seeing it in the next couple of weeks. So, um, Beth, uh, gosh, we've had a lot of fun, and and I hope we still will. I, I know you're not on Facebook, uh, and I'm too old to pick up any new social media. So we'll have to find something else to um, to figure that out. And uh, Michael, I honestly I can't think except for my relationship with my husband. I haven't done anything for 20 years. <laughs> so. Um, Wow. And it's been, I'm going to be, it, it makes me really sad, honestly. I mean, I, I, I this is going to get weird real quick, but um, I had a dream once. Um, I don't remember exactly what happened in the dream, but it, it was kind of a Wizard of Oz theme. And I was Dorothy and um, I think it's because of your hair, you were the lion. Um, Jeff, you were the Tin Man. I don't remember everybody else, but Mr. Scarecrow, I will definitely miss you most of all. So, and I would like to invite both of you um, to, at my expense, to join uh, us at the Nutcracker at um, NBC in December. And we happily buy you both two tickets for you. And uh, it's, it's the 17th, 18th, and 19th of December. Good idea. And both of my kiddos are going to be in it. And so would love to have you both there. So that's all I have.
Thank you, Trustee Baker. Trustee Iverson. Just echo uh, my fellow Trustee Baker and Trustee Rios, the event we did on the, the college campus that was a good turnout. And I think that um, nowhere to go but up from there. And Trustee Baldini, I mean, I've been with you for eight years and appreciate everything you've done and going to miss you. And I know that we may not be seeing you here, but I don't think you're going to go that far. Oh, I think you're, you're always going to be a part of this. Uh, and I will miss you too as well, Trustee. God. <laughs> not quite as long as a stint with uh, Trustee Baldini, but uh, it's been a pleasure to, to work with both of you. And I think what you've done for American Canyon and the college relations has been huge and uh, big shoes to fill for your new trustees coming into the seat. So. Thank you for your guys' service. I'll go next. Um, so it's a good comment, Trustee Baker, on terms of reflecting on where we were a year ago. It's nice It's nice to reflect, and it's really uh, um, very thankful for the team that we have in place. And I'm looking at these people here at this meeting because it's you guys. And so I, I, I don't want to uh, uh, let it go unrecognized how much we all appreciate it. And we do talk about that amongst ourselves. How like, what a wonderful team that we have. So if we don't say it enough, um, please know that we think of it and we talk about it amongst ourselves often. And, and it's nice to actually really reflect on November of, of, uh, of, of, of uh, 2021. Um, where we are now. Um, I did also go to uh, Beauty and the Beast on Saturday, escorted my, my four nieces and and, uh, and two little boys. One was probably a little too young to attend, so I had to sneak out a, a little bit at, uh, um, at intermission, but um, I, 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 caught, I caught the end of it and um, uh, did want to make some comments on uh, Trustee Goff and Trustee Baldini. Um, Trustee Goff, first, first of all, we, we came in at the exact same time um, and I don't know, I think maybe coming onto the board, I felt maybe we were going to be on opposite sides of like everything. I don't know. It was, it, and, and lo and behold, we're on the same page on everything. And really it has been from day one. And, you know, your leadership skills, I'm just taking on it as just a, from your, from day one, I was just so impressed um, with your skills as a communicator and a leader um, and as an educational leader in particular. And it's kind of wherever she says, it's kind of, I'll, I'll follow. Like I, 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 I really do admire you, Trustee Goff. And I'm so uh, um, I'm sad that you're not going to be uh, with us for the next four years, but I know you're not going anywhere. Um, and, and that doesn't, uh, and you don't need to, I just, I know you're, you're going to be here and you're always going to be a call away and anytime uh, the college or, or, or one of your colleagues uh, needs something. So um, thank you for all that you've done. Uh, Trustee Baldini, who I've known for many, many years. Um, I, we initially, I think I met when I was volunteering on maybe it was 2011, 2009 for a college, uh, for the college uh, bond with the one that didn't uh, pass the, the second one. And yeah, yeah, somewhere around, around that date. Um, and it was just, it was cool just to see your presence when you came into the room. It's why we were, I remember we were doing a big phone bank and, and Trustee Baldini was there riling up people and, and really spending a lot of time um, uh, doing that. So I, I really admired you from, from day one. And, and since joining the board, um, 
just to see, I think you're, you have a certain grace about you. Um, and, um, the words that you say, um, you don't talk as much as I do, but it's, uh, everything that you say is incredibly important and meaningful. Um, and there's, uh, uh, not a lot of uh, empty words. And so, um, I really appreciate that. And I really appreciate, I think your, your mentorship just for me and other board members, um, over a number of years is, is you've, face a lot of the same challenges um, in different ways, but a lot of the same challenges in general that, you know, we've, we've faced over the past year. So it's really nice to um, always get your perspective and you're always willing to take the time to um, the, make, a, make a conversation work. And so, um, yeah, thank you for that. And best draft, a lot needs to go inside. Trustee Goff. Well, uh, you know, Jen, you were absolutely right. When we walked in four years ago, when Jeff and I came four years ago, it was quite a different place. It was a, a very different place. And I remember thinking, God, I hope I make it through this meeting without throwing up in my shoes because I didn't know what I was doing here. Um, but it's such a great team. You, you guys are really, really wonderful. And, you know, I, I'm looking at Robin back there going, I don't know when you sleep, number one. It just amazes me. Um, but it's, it's amazing how quickly it goes by, right? I'm going to try and talk and have this whole thing. I know exactly what I want to say if I can just put it out. Um, I just want to I'm, I'm going to miss this, right? Not a lot of but this on this. <laughs> so my purpose for um, running was to bring American cleaning here. It's my adopted town. I love it. Um, just so you know, um, we are seven students, I think, um, short of being the largest high school in the Valley. Next year, I'm sure we'll be that largest high school. We, um, have the highest cast scores, uh, not only in, out of the, all the high schools, but we surpass the uh, state average in our cast scores. Um, we have a chamber of commerce who is poised in 2023 to focus on workforce and education. They're ready to go. Um, we have a, a foundation who is working tirelessly to build an eco-center that we want Napa Valley College to be a part of. There's so much opportunity for Napa Valley College down there. I, I just look at it and think it's going to happen. Sooner or later, it's going to happen. Building your campus down there, building the American Canyon campus for Napa Valley College, I believe, is key to your future success. That's where a lot of the kids are. That's where the growth is, without a doubt. And you've got such diversity now, the diversity that, that many communities would kill for. You've got kids who are military-bound. You've got kids who are four-year college-bound, but you've got a lot of kids who want to be trained as welders and construction and viticulture. You've got kids who want to transfer into a four-year university um, and spend two years free at community college. They're ready to go. They just need you to show up and say, here we are, come, come in and, and see us. So I really hope that you will invest in, in that campus, strongly invest. You know, um, knowing guided pathways is coming just warms my heart because four years ago it was, yeah, it's coming. We're working on it. It's like, oh, it, it kills me. 
So when you meet here on December 15th, I will actually be starting a new year of my life. I will be with family and friends. I will not be here to, to start a new year with you. Um, but I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for what, for what you've done. Thank you. I'm not going to make it through. That's okay. I'm I appreciate it. No, 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 don't do that. Okay, Michael, Absolutely. You and me both. You and me both. Yeah. Thank you. And I thank you, Jennifer and Raphael. I, I know I've already exceeded your limits on my my speaking. And thank you, Jeff. You, what a great year for you and for us with you at the helm. Thank you, Kyle. Gosh, that's fantastic news. Yeah. Got to keep keep working, but thank you all and and uh, put me to work. Thank you. Thank you very much, Trustee Baldini. I was wondering if you could do us uh, the honor of adjourning adjourning this 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 meeting. Good. Oh. This meeting and and uh, with with great thoughts and and of all those that have come through this this uh, college and have benefited by the efforts of all of you and uh, and may they. Wish them all continued success. And thank you very much, and thank you for letting me serve. <laughs>